Do you ever want to dive deeper into the Bible, but you just don't know where to begin? Or struggle to feel like you even have the time? When you read the Bible, do you get frustrated because you know there's so much more in there? You just have no clue how to get it out? Or maybe you want to know the Bible better and you're looking for any resource to help. Then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Context and Color of the Bible podcast. We're sisters. I'm Veronica. I'm Erica. And we love to study the Bible and we love to help others understand it better. We found when it comes to our own study of scripture, we found that in bringing back the context of scripture, it adds so much to our understanding, it actually adds color to the black and white pages of the text. Erica. Yes. We are back. It is season five, episode nine. Right. And I think, I think we're covering Acts chapter 12 today. (laughs) We are, but we are covering the story behind the story today. So basically, Luke's offered us a story in Acts chapter 12. Right. And we're going to tell that, you're going to tell that story. Well, there's a fascinating story behind it. All right. That probably most, if not all, of Luke's readers already knew and had heard. Sure. But we're going to, but we don't know it. So we're going to fill it in today. Okay. Because truthfully, our goal, one of our goals, is to add to the context. Right. Is to add, Acts is a familiar story. Especially this chapter. Right. It's familiar. We're wanting to give you more. We're right. wanting to go beyond what you get in your normal sermon, your normal right. Bible study, right. and add that culture, that context that is missing. Right. Because what we're doing then is we're expanding that story right. and we're widening it and helping us understand it even better. And do we have color to add today, <laughs> Veronica? We have color. Yes. In Acts chapter 12, we meet Herod Agrippa. And Herod Agrippa is a fascinating man with a fascinating history. But to understand him, we first have to back up to his grandpa, Herod the Great. Herod the Great is most well-known by believers for what? I'm thinking Jesus' birth. Yeah, Jesus' birth, Matthew chapter 2, having all these poor little boys under the age of two put to death, which so fits in with his character. He was cruel, vindictive, mean. But he also had a problem. He wasn't Jewish. Okay. Herod the Great was Idumean. He was an Edomite. Oh, he came from Esau. He came from Esau. So you go back to Genesis and we have Isaac and Rebekah right. have twins, Jacob and Esau. Right. So Herod the Great came from Esau. Right. The Jews came from Jacob. Right. Isaac. Jacob. Yes. yes. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Jacob. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, and so there's a pro- the problem is that there's a verse in Deuteronomy 17, I think it's verse 15, that states, yes, it is 17 and 15, the king of Israel must be Jewish. Okay, which makes sense. Right, <laughs> duh. Herod was made king by Rome, the king of Israel, the king of Judea, king of the Jews. Oh. And they're not happy with him. Now, he pretends to be a good Jewish boy when he's in Jerusalem. Okay. He eats kosher, pretends to honor the Sabbath, but when he's outside of Jerusalem, he is as Roman and as pagan as they can be. Okay. And on top of that, he's very cruel, very vindictive. And so his Jewish subjects don't like him. 
Sure. And so to get some clout and some respectability, he marries a Jewish princess. Her name was Miriam. Well, not everyone in his court is happy he's married a Jewish princess. Where does a Jewish princess come from? The Hasmonean line. Okay. It's between, it's a lot of history between Malachi and Matthew. Okay, the white page. The white page, yeah. Okay. You get a royal family, a group of Jews that start helping lead Israel, become kings and queens. Okay. She's from them. Okay. She's a Hasmonean for those who understand what that means. But, um, so he marries her. Okay. And eventually his court convinces him that she's a threat. And he has her put to death. And he regrets it for the rest of his life. He regrets Good. it. I know, seriously. <laughs> he will walk through his palace at night calling her name. So sad he put her to death. But before she's put to death, she has two Jewish boys. Okay. And so now they're half Jewish. Well, they he sends them to Rome to get raised as a good Roman. They come back to Israel as adults. Okay. And they are young, and they are handsome, and they are half Jewish. And they are popular with his subjects. And Herod can't stand that. He doesn't trust his two sons, and he eventually has them both put to death. Of course. But not before they get married and have kids. One of his sons has a family, and in that family is a son by the name of Herod Agrippa. So this is Herod the Great's grandson. Gotcha. And so after he has the dad put to death, he grabs his grandkids and he weeps with them that their dad's no more. It just breaks his heart. And then he ships them off to Rome. To, to be educated again. And educated, yes. So Herod Agrippa learns from a very early age, life is tenuous. And it really matters to be on the, the good side of the people with power. Okay. So he does everything he can to be on the good side of people with power. That would be Rome, right? Rome, yes. He And his, his story in Rome is crazy because he goes from besties with the emperor to being in chain because of the chains because of the emperor. He is one day extremely wealthy, and then the next day he has to beg food from his family because he has nothing left. Like, his, his story is up and down, but he is a party boy. Like, he loves Rome. He loves Roman society. He knows how to give gifts. He's generous with everybody else's money. If you want a good time, you go to Herod Agrippa. And so he mixes with the best of the best. But one day, the emperor gets mad at him and throws him in prison and puts chains on him. And while he's sitting in his chains, sulking, the a fellow prisoner comes to him, Veronica, and says, Oh, Herod, I've got a word for you from the gods. <laughs> I want you to look up, and what do you see above you, Herod Agrippa? A ceiling? He sees an owl. Oh. He sees an owl above him. I know, not what you would expect. Nope. <laughs> not at all. And the fellow prisoner says, Herod, the chains you know wear that are metal... In a short time, you're going to get chains of gold to replace them. Your fortunes are going to be drastically reversed. But Herod, when your fortunes are reversed, you need to remember me. That's why I'm telling you all this. Remember me when you get to that point. But Herod, I want you to know at the same time, there's a message for you. The day you see that owl again, your life will be over and you'll wow. have to give an accounting. So be prepared, Herod Agrippa, that day's coming 
But right now, you get to live it up. So remember me when life gets better. Well, sure enough, within a few months, the current emperor dies. And what the new emperor was one of Herod's best friends. Herod the Great or Herod, Herod Agrippa? Agrippa? Sorry. Okay. Herod Agrippa. Herod the Great is the long God, dead. Okay. I'm going to, I'll call him Agrippa. Okay. Agrippa. The guy the, in jail. The guy in jail, Agrippa. One of his old party besties becomes emperor. Okay. Well, this emperor is horrified at the idea of Agrippa being put in chains in prison. So he removes him from his chains, removes him from prison, and sure enough, gives him chains of gold to replace his chains of metal. And at the same time, he says, Agrippa, my friend, you can be king of the Jews. Okay. In place, your grandfather was king of the Jews. Nobody else has had that title since then. So guess what? I'm going to give it to you. And Herod Agrippa returns to Jerusalem in style. He is now king of the Jews. Sure, pomp and circumstance. Right. He's going to live it up and show off to all of his family and all of his friends. And he does the same thing that his grandpa did. When he's in Jerusalem, hmm. he'll be a good Jewish boy. But when he's in another city, for instance, Caesarea was another city in Judea, but it was thoroughly Gentile. Mm-hmm. He's going to be as pagan as they get. In fact, one time he has in gladiator games he organizes with 1,400 men to pretend to fight a battle. Wow. They all die. In this fake fight, every single gladiator ends up dying because that's the type of entertainment he wanted. Wow. So these 1,400 men all die as a show. That's intense. Yeah, because they were fighting. So that's the type of man he is. But he's he's very affable. He's likable. He's nice. You know, Herod the Great ruled from cruelty. Okay. He wanted people to fear him. Mm-hmm. He had no problem putting anybody to death who stands in his way. Mm-hmm. Herod Agrippa would rather you like him. That's the way he wants to rule. He wants everybody to like him. He's a smooth politician. He can schmooze with the best of them. But he's not afraid to shed a little blood. Obviously. Yes. He knows he's got enough of his grandpa in him that he can, he has no problem killing you, but he'd rather not. He'd really rather you like him. Okay. And so he gets to Israel. And while he's there, his old bestie friend, the emperor, Mm -hmm. decides, I think the Jewish people should worship me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put my statue in the temple and force them to bow down to it. Ooh. Veronica, how do Ooh. you think that would go <laughs> over? Not well. Yes. Not well at all. Yes. There's a reason the emperors left the temple alone. They understood this was the heart and soul of the Jewish people. And you're not going to win there. You're not going to win there. Like in mm-hmm. mass, the Jewish people that almost rise unites up. them up against. Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. Even the Sadducees, the priesthood, mm-hmm. had to jump up and say, you can't do this. Mm-hmm. And so it, in mass, the people of Israel arose and just said, we'd rather die. Mm-hmm. Kill us now. Mm-hmm. Here's our throats. Just kill us all. Because it will be over our dead bodies. Right. Literally, you put right. your statue We're in there. never going to bow down to right. this one. Well, Herod Agrippa, mm-hmm. who is king of the Jews because of the emperor, and who is friends with the emperor... Something inside of him wakes up and he goes, I'm Jewish. I need to stand with them. Oh. And he goes to the emperor and says, you can't 
do this. Listen, buddy, I get you. I understand you're amazing. And sure, I will worship you as a God all you want. And and many other people do too, but you can't put this statue in there. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't tell the emperor no. Right. This is political suicide. Right. If not life suicide. Right. And so Herod Agrippa puts himself on the line with the Jewish people. And eventually, the emperor never gets in. He's killed. Herod He's, Agrippa. Her, no, um, the emperor. Oh. The emperor sticks to his guns. Nope, I'm going to put my statue in there. This is going to happen. But before he gets the statue there, he's killed. Oh, okay. And the next emperor jumps up and says, never mind. I don't need that right now. And so the whole thing goes away. Mm-hmm. But the Jewish people remember Herod Agrippa stood with us. Right. Which would be bonding which and would uniting. Be bonding. Right. Mm-hmm. On top of that, every seven years in the festival of Sukkot, mm-hmm. the king of Israel is supposed to go into the temple and read the scriptures. Oh, yeah. For all the people to hear. Mm-hmm. And normally they have like a, when you stand up, when you read the scriptures, you stand up. Right. Out of respect for the scriptures. Right. So they have a platform for the king to be above everybody in the temple, but they have a throne on it because as king, you're allowed to sit down. Okay. Well, what do you think Herod Agrippa does? Oh, I don't even. When he gets on that platform, Veronica, he stands up and he reads the scriptures as if he's just another man, as if he's nobody special. And then he even weeps. While he's reading the scriptures, he just, he weeps over it. And the people eat it up. Oh. They love him. He's amazing. Herod Agrippa, you're one of us. You're you're partially Jewish. Right. Your grandma was our royalty. And now you stuck up for us and you're reading our scriptures and you're crying. They loved him. And they just... This was great. They finally had a king that they could respect and admire. We'll just ignore what he does in Caesarea. But at least as far as we're concerned, he's a great king. Right. But one group didn't fall in love with him. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. What group do you think? Guessing it's those Christians or the Nazarenes we've been talking about. Right. Because they look at Herod Agrippa and they go, number one, we remember what your grandpa did. Right. To Jesus. Right. Number two, you're not a son of David. Right. We know who the king of Israel is. And he's come. And he's come. Mm -hmm. And he's coming back. Mm -hmm. And so Herod Agrippa, you're phony. Yeah. You're not supposed to be. You're a pretender. And so they don't fall in love with him. Sure. They don't adore him. And Herod Agrippa is a good guy. As long as you're willing to play his games. Right. But it word reaches his ears that there's a group out there that don't love him. And that, in fact, are claiming another person is actually king of the Jews. And probably I could see him getting in good with the Sadducees. Yeah. Because both know how to play the game. Right. With Rome. Right. How to... Be good with Rome and yet still be good with Israel. Right. Keep the temple. Right. Keep the status Mm -hmm. quo. Mm -hmm. And so it would make sense. You you could totally see the Sadducees going, we got to tell you something, O King. We love you. We think you're doing amazing. But there's this group out there 
They don't. They think someone else is king. And so we would really appreciate, in fact, they've been a thorn in our backside for like 30 years, <laughs> for 20 years by now. We would really appreciate it if you would, you know, you scratch our back, we'll scratch yours. And so Hair to Grip is like, I can do that. And he takes a leader of this new community, James. The leader of the new community. Right. And he puts him to death. This isn't the wow. brother of Jesus. This is the brother of John the Beloved. One of oh, three, okay. one of Jesus' three closest disciples. Wow. Peter, James, and John. Okay. And he takes James and he puts him to death. And Luke writes it that when he saw it was pleasing to the Jews. What what that probably actually means is when he saw it was politically advantageous. Okay. Which meant some people in power were happy with right. him, which would be the Sadducees. Right. He grabs Peter next, and he puts Peter in jail. And I'll, I'll kill Peter tomorrow. I've got this. But then we read in chapter 12 about this amazing, miraculous intervention. And God right. goes, oh, uh-uh, and he saves Peter. Right. And that's amazing. <laughs> I like the oh, uh-uh. <laughs> Sometimes I think you need a little attitude. Yeah, I think there's attitude there. But Herod Agrippa isn't happy at all. He has the guards that were guarding Peter put to death, and he starts doing house-to-house searches. Like, we are going to find this guy. We're going to kill him. And so all the believers in Jerusalem are shaking. What's going to happen? Are we all going to get put to death? Who's next? John the Beloved, James the Righteous, Jesus' brother. What are we going to do? But in the middle of this search, Herod Agrippa calls it off because the emperor in Rome has left Rome for six months and has returned home to Rome. The new emperor. This new emperor, okay. yes. And he says, we've got to party. I am home safe. I did a two-week battle and I survived. <laughs> Let's throw games and a party. Well, Herod Agrippa is never one to miss a good party. And Herod Agrippa is, understands how to play the political game. So he runs with his entourage all the way down to Caesarea. Because you can't really party in Jerusalem. There are too many stuffy rules. Right. But once I leave Jerusalem, I can party like a true Roman in Caesarea. So he hightails it to Caesarea. And he's got the works scheduled. We're going to celebrate the emperor safely home. Woohoo! He's got games, festivities, you know, sacrifices, everything, the works. And the first day, everything goes well. But the second day, he's going to make this huge presentation. And he's got silver thread he has his tailor weave into his garment that he's going to wear. And he's perfectly situated in this amphitheater that he's going to get up. And as the sun rises over the hill, it will shine on him. Oh. And his clothing will sparkle. And he will look amazing. He's a showman. He'll look like God. He'll look like God. And in the audience, our group of people, remember that famine we talked about last week? It's hitting. Oh. And there's a group of people that desperately need grain. And they need Herod Agrippa to give them the grain. So they are ready to butter him up. Oh. at every moment like they're just gonna fawn over this guy because it's life or death for them they need this food 
And so this second day of the festivities, Herod Agrippa gets up and it's just, it's a perfect moment. His audience is there, his clothing sparkles, and he begins to open his mouth. And while he's speaking, people in the audience go, they're shocked, they're amazed. And go, Do you hear him? This, this is not a mere man. This is a God speaking to us. This, there's no way a mere mortal could sound like this and look like this. This, this is a God. He's a God. Herod Agrippa, you're a God. And they start proclaiming this voice of a God and not a man. And Herod Agrippa eats it up. This is the best moment of his life. He's been waiting for this. And as he looks up, what do you think he sees? Oh! Flying overhead. I'm just thinking of the end of the chapter. What does he see flying overhead? Probably an owl. An owl. And all of a sudden, he's reminded of that prophecy from years before. And there's a pain in his stomach and his heart. And all of a sudden, he is stricken. And he collapses in front of everybody. And within a mere few days, Herod Agrippa is dead. Struck down by the God he foolishly thought he could replace. Wow. And that is the story behind the story of chapter 12. Wow. That's the story of Herod Agrippa. That was cool. Isn't that an amazing story? It is. <laughs> yeah. And so, yes, there's it, have, chapter 12 is amazing. Right. If you don't know the story, you have to read it. Right. But there's a lot behind the story we miss. Mm-hmm. And Herod Agrippa is a fascinating character. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Thanks for letting me share that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you all enjoy story time with Erica today? <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yes. But I think we'll wrap up here. Right. Uh, This is the Context and Color of the Bible podcast. Share this episode. Right. (laughs) Tell people, did you know? Yeah, because here's the thing. A lot of people, believers, know the story of Acts chapter 12. We like to tell the story of Peter getting miraculously rescued Mm -hmm. and how much cooler to go, okay, while God's doing that, he's doing something over here too. Right. Multi-levels. Yes. Right. So... Share, rate, review, subscribe to our podcast. Join our Facebook group. Join our Instagram. Uh, Both of them, Context and Color or The Context and Color. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We'd love to know what you think about this story. Let me go out and encourage you to share this story. Just tell it yourself. Right. There's something cool about knowing this story. So thanks for joining us. Bye.